Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. If you're thankful for His goodness, why don't you just say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me this morning to the book of Proverbs. I want to I want to read one passage or one verse of scripture out of the book of Proverbs and then I want you to turn to 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter chapter 3. Proverbs 29, 18. Did I not give you the scripture? Proverbs 29, 18. And then we'll read 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 13. And we'll read 1 Samuel 2, verse 29. I'm going to present to you a concept this morning um, that will help us in the future. Amen. Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he all right first samuel 3 and the child samuel ministered unto the lord before eli and the word of the lord was precious in those days there was no open vision And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here am I. Amen. Now I've heard it said that, that the lamp went out in the temple. But if you look up that word E-R-E, it means before. And before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep that God called Samuel. Before the light went out, 
God called a man. Somebody say amen. And the Lord came, verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Okay? Now, I want you to remember that word restrained. All right? Verse 13. Now, 1 Samuel 2 and 29. This is the prophecy that he was speaking to Eli. Uh, through a man of God that came to Eli in chapter 2. If you want to go back and read all this as one story, I urge you to do that later today. Uh, sit down with your family, uh, by yourself, whatever. Read 1 Samuel 1 all the way through ver chapter 4 and read the totality of this, this story. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Amen. But he said to, to Eli in that place, you honor your sons above me. You honor your sons above me. Amen. I'm going to preach to you uh, this morning on this subject, the vision of of God. Somebody say the vision of God. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands unto the Lord this morning and ask him to speak to you. Come on, lift your voice. God, I need you today, Lord. I want to feel your presence. God, my heart is open, Lord. God, I pray that you would make my mind attentive and aware, Lord, to your word. God, I pray that you would flow in this house, God, by the power of your anointing. Break what needs break, br broken, Lord. God, I pray that you would destroy every stronghold, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Loose faith into this house, God. Loose your fire into this house, Lord. Do all that you have purposed in this house, God. We give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. We'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, I've heard uh, a lot of commentary uh, on this passage of Scripture. And I've heard uh, people use this passage of Scripture um, out of context. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, when he says, where there is no vision, the people perish, that, that if there is no plan in place, that, that if there is no uh, a plan uh, to follow after, uh, that people 
will be destroyed. Now, I believe that. I do. I believe that, that, that we need to have a plan. I believe that, that God has a plan. How I many you know God has a plan? I believe that there is a plan in place that we need to be following after. Amen. But how many know that God's plan is not our plan? Amen. That, but our plan should be God's plan. Amen. Uh, just because we have a plan doesn't mean it's of God. Amen. Just because we have a dream doesn't mean that God birthed that in our spirit. Amen. Just because uh, we have a ministry doesn't mean that God is involved in that ministry. Amen. There are a lot of things that, that God did not birth. There are a lot of things that God did not put in place. Come on, somebody. That everything that exists uh, in the earth was not necessarily born of God. Amen. We have to understand that there is another uh, a power at work. There is another force at work in the earth. Amen. That God's spirit is not the only spirit. Amen. There are a lot of messages that are going forth over the, the, the airwaves and getting into our ears that are not coming through the voice of God. Come on. There are a lot of spirits that are in operation today that is not necessarily operating in the spirit of God. Come on. There are a lot of churches that are pushing agendas today that are not necessarily the, necessarily the agendas of the kingdom of the living God. Amen. And I, I declare to you this morning in the outset of this message that this church is going to be a God-fearing church. And this church is going to be a church that follows after the vision and the word of God. Somebody say amen. We should stand to our feet and clap our hand to the Lord. That should be the desire of our hearts. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want the vision of God. Come on, somebody say amen. Get with me this morning or this is going to be a lot harder. Amen. I want the vision of God. Amen. I want to see what he sees. I want to know what he knows. Come on. I want him to go before and prepare the way. Amen. I want to be in submission to every word that fall comes forth out of the mouth of God. If there's anything in me that is rebellious against what God wants to do, I want God to kill it. Come on. Amen. That should be our prayer. Amen. There was... the. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But that word there, vision, if you look it up in the, in the Strong's, it means a revelation. Amen. It means a divine revelation. Amen. Human beings in and of themselves cannot see with spiritual eyes. Amen. We cannot necessarily see the things and understand the things that be of God. How many know the Bible tells us that no man understands the things that be of God saved by the Spirit of God? Amen. How many know that the, the revelation of God only comes through the revealing of God? Amen. The only 
time that we can ever see what God wants us to see is when God pulls back the veil off of our eyes and begins to reveal to us things that were there the whole time, but we could not see through our natural eyes. Amen. How many know that we are natural and we are spiritual, but there's got to come a time in our life where the spiritual side of us becomes more aware than the natural side of us. Come on. There's got to be a time in our life where we where, where we push back the plate and we push back what we want to do and we push back our own dreams and we push back our own agenda and we get in a prayer closet with God and we say, Lord, I want to know what you have purposed for my life. I want to know, God, your plan for my life. I want to know why I was born. I want to know, God, why you made me. And I want to tell you today that the revelation of the plan of God in your life will come forth through his word God never speaks to mankind except through his word somebody say amen. amen through the word of God God will begin to speak to us through revelation amen how many know that you cannot necessarily learn the will of God it has to be revealed to you amen and how many know that it's only through the spirit of God that we can see what we need to see and understand what we need to understand. And, and say what we need to say and do what we need to do. Amen. The word perish in that passage of scripture without a revelation. The people perish. The Bible says that the people perish. I always saw that as people being destroyed. Amen. Or people being corrupted. But what it means in the Strong's, the word it means to uncover. Or to make naked. Or the casting off of restraint. Amen. And so without a revelation from God. There is an uncovering. There is a casting off of restraint. Amen. In fact, it, it means to be unoccupied. Amen. Without a word of God telling you how to live. Amen. You will be unoccupied by the word of God and by the will of God. Therefore, you will be occupied by that which will destroy your life. Amen. You will be, you will be naked and uncovered without a revelation. Amen. But you will be covered with your own dreams and your own ambitions and your own desires and your own appetites. I don't know about you, but I want a word from the Lord. Amen. And I understand that a word from God will always bring restraint in my life. Amen. That's why the second half of that scripture, he says, but he that keepeth the law. You see, we don't want a law. Come on. Amen. We don't want law in our lives. In fact, this generation will preach and teach you that the law has been done away with. Amen. They will, they will try to teach you that, oh, now we live under the law of grace. Amen. That no matter what you do, you can still be saved. But I beg to differ. Amen. There is still the law of sowing and reaping. Amen. And my Bible tells me that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, I believe in the mercy and I believe in the grace of God. But once you come to an understanding and a revelation between what's right and wrong, 
what's good and evil. Amen. You have a responsibility to take up that which is good and follow after it and abhor that which is evil. Amen. There comes a time in our lives when we have an understanding between right and wrong and we stand in the valley of decision between life and death, between wrong and right, between good and evil, that we have a responsibility as the people of God to pick up the good and do what's right in order to be saved. Come on, because... I know people, you want people to tell you that it's okay, God's going to take care of it. It's okay, God's going to forgive you. But I want to tell you today that if you know it's wrong and you continue to do it, it's going to send you to hell. Come on, if you know that it's against the commandments of God and you continue to do it, it will destroy your life. Amen. The mercy of God covers us when we give ourselves to the Lord. Amen. When we don't really understand what's right and wrong. Come on, I'm preaching this morning when we don't really understand that that's going to destroy our lives. But there comes a time when understanding comes and we know that what we're doing is wrong. We have a responsibility to do what's right. There are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. There are multitudes standing between life and death, good and evil. But I commend you today, choose the good and live. Take up God's way. Take up his word and live by it. Amen. Amen. Because the vision of God always goes hand in hand with his law. You cannot separate the vision and revelation of God from his law. In fact, the revelation of God is his law. Amen. That's why the second half of that scripture says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we want a vision from God that, that, that fills our bank account. We want a vision from God that tends to our natural life. Come on. We want a vision from God that tells us we're going to be blessed regardless of what we do. We want a vision of God that tells us that God's going to go before us and he's going to keep us and we're going to have his favor no matter how we live. But I want to tell you that is a false prophetic word. That is a fault. That is a lie from the pit of hell because the law of God will change your heart. The law of God will change change your path. The law of God will change your destiny. Somebody say amen. You can't separate the revelation of God from his law. Amen. How many know that the law of God still is in existence? Amen. The ceremonial law in the book of Leviticus has been done away with through Jesus or fulfilled through Jesus. Amen. He fulfilled every ounce of it. Amen. To, 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 to make a way that we could be saved. But the moral law of God still stands in effect. Somebody say amen. Somebody say I need his law. What is law? What's a law? a rule. What else? Give me another word. It's a what? 
it, it, it's a government, right? It's what? A framework. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a governance. It's an ordinance. It's, it's commandments. It's, 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 it's uh, things put in place that, that are to be followed. Amen. There are things that, that are put in place that how many know that with every law, amen, there is punishment. Why does there have to be punishment along with the law? Think about it. Why is there punishment connected with the law? Because there's consequences to not following the law. Any of us that have ever broken the law, if you've broken the law, raise your hand. Some of you are lying. Some of you that didn't raise your hand, we've had conversations about breaking the law. <laughs> Amen. We've all broken the law. Therefore, you've all, we've all been what? Guilty of the law or by the law. Because where there is no law, there is no sin. Right? But by the law came the knowledge of sin. And the fact that there is a law written gives us knowledge that, that that's wrong and I shouldn't do that. Amen. That, that's against the law and I should not do that. And if, I, and, and if I push forward and I continue to do against that which is forbidden, then I will be judged by the law. Somebody say amen. I will be condemned by the law. Amen. The law itself will judge me. Amen. I've heard judges say, I, I, if it was up to me, I, I, wouldn't, I would do this. But, but I don't have, I, I am I'm bound by the law to bring judgment because you've gone against what you knew was right and wrong. Come on. Amen. How many know that we're held to the law regardless of whether or not we know the law? Amen. I, I was driving, I've been driving before and didn't know the speed limit changed from 55 to 35 and I'm still driving along like it's 55 and get pulled over. Did you know that you were going 55 and a 35? No, I didn't know that. Well, guess what? He still said guilty. Amen. Because you should know the law as good as I know the law. Amen. We have to understand that along with law, the law comes punishment. Amen. Because it, those that, uh, that, that do not follow the law will be punished by the law. Amen. How many know the punishment of the law gives us an incentive to obey the law? Amen. I obey the law because I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to spend my life in jail. I don't want to hurt other people. I don't want to wrong other people. How many know that the law is put in place uh, to protect us, uh, to keep us, and to save us? Uh, and the law only hurts people that, that, that break the law. Come on. The law is only against those uh, that abhor the law or break the law or disobey the law. That law has not been in, put in place uh, to hurt innocent people or to hurt people 
that have a mind to obey the law, but it has been put in place to, to, uh, to be against people that have a mind to break the law. I want to preach to you this morning that without the law, we would not know that sin existed. We would not know the difference between right and wrong, but because the law was put in place, we have a, we have a great understanding between the darkness and the light, a great understanding between good and evil, a great understanding between life and death. Amen. And once you have an understanding, then you have a responsibility to do what is right. I don't care who's pressuring you into it. I don't care what you used to do. I don't care where you used to go. When God comes into your life, there needs to be a change because he's in control now. Somebody say amen. Woo. I feel like preaching. When the law's in effect, there's an open vision. When the law's in effect, there's an open revelation. Come on. When the law is adhered to, amen, there is a further word from God. Amen. When, when the law is obeyed, come on, there's something beyond the law. But when the law is not obeyed, it's the judgment of the law. That's why some of us can't get beyond where we're at because we're always standing under the judgment of God because we refuse to do what He is asking us to do and we refuse to be obedient to His Word. But I declare to you today, you step underneath the law. You become obedient unto the law of God and what He's asking you to do. And there's more. Come on, there's more. There's a revelation beyond the law. Somebody say amen. In the, in the day of Samuel, amen, there was, a, there was a, a leadership group in charge in Shiloh. Eli was the priest. Phineas and Hophni were, were, the, were the priest's sons. And uh, Eli was, was, how do I describe him? He was... The Bible describes him as being fat, being, you know, large. And uh, you read the commentaries or whatever. He was a very laid back guy. Okay. He was, he was, uh, he was very compromising. He was, he was uh, leading the house of the Lord with a very merciful point of view. Okay. Now, now I understand there, there's a place for mercy. I believe in the mercy of God. He said, if you fall on this rock, come on, it shall not fall on you. Right? If you fall on this rock and be broken. But if you don't, it'll fall on you and it'll grind you to powder. There's a, there's, I believe in the mercy of God for those that are sincerely seeking God and obeying the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. But Eli was, was, was very compromising. He was, he, he, he was very, uh, uh, he was, he was worried about more than just following the law of God. 
Amen. He was put in place to operate uh, in the priesthood. There was a prophetic word that went over him and put him in place to be uh, the priest in, in leadership at, the, at the, the temple in Shiloh. Amen. He, he was there by the directive of God. Amen. But through the process of time, he began to ease up on the law of God. Amen. And he, he began to ease up on doing things according to the word of God. And he started to allow things in the house of God that was, that was, uh, that was contrary to God's law or to God's word. Amen. And the Bible says that uh, if, you, if you read this and you study it out, that Phineas and, and Hophni, which were the sons of Eli, were engaged in illicit behavior. Amen. Amen. That they were they were appropriating the best portions of the sacrifices for themselves. They were they were taking the sacrifice of the people that was given to God, and they were taking that which was supposed to be for God, and they were keeping it for themselves. Amen. They they were they 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 thought that the sacrifices that came in to the temple was for them and for them alone. Amen. But how many know when people sacrifice and give to God that they're not giving that to the priests. They're giving that to God. And I just want to say that there's a judgment set in store for any priest that appropriates the sacrifices of the people for themselves and takes the best portion of what God's people are giving and builds castles and drives limousines and flies airplanes. There is a special judgment that's going to come down on the priests of the Lord that appropriate the funds of God for their own benefit. Amen. That is not the will of God and that's contrary to the word of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, our generation is going to stand in judgment. They think because they preach the word or because they operate and live in king's houses that they have the blessing of the Lord upon them. I beg to differ. Amen. God's going to set apart and draw a line and bring judgment upon every priest. Amen. I believe what I'm preaching. They kept it for themselves. And they were taking part in sexual relations with the women that were involved in serving in the temple. Yeah. Come on. How many know the priesthood's supposed to be set apart? This priesthood's supposed to be separated unto God. Come on. The, it talks about the condition of the church in that hour. It talks about the condition of the priesthood. It talks about what was being allowed in the house of God and what was being taken place in the house of God. And then right after it says there was no, the, the word of God was precious in those days. There was no open vision. The word of God was precious means that the word of God was rare. It was rare in those days. It, it rarely went forth in those days it was rarely preached in those days and because the word of God was rare and it was rarely preached the law of God was rare and it was rarely preached the restraint of God was rare and it was rarely preached that there was no open vision in the church and I'm going to tell you if you want a church that's going to allow anything and everything in the house of God or in the lives of his people you're going to have a church that's not led by the vision and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Come on. 
You're going to have to get out the smoke machines and you're going to have to get out the lights because it's not the glory of God that's going to be for the, for the helping of the people, but it's going to be the personality of the ministry that leads the people. I, I declare to you today, I want a word preaching church. I want a law preaching church because I want the glory of God. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. You can't have the glory of God and live any way you want to live. You can't have the glory of God and do everything you want to do. You can't have the blessing of the Lord and live and say and do whatever you want to do. you got to live your life with a humility and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and humble yourself to the laws of God and humble yourself to the ways of God and the plan and the purpose of God. And if you do, there will be an open vision for your life. But if you don't, there will be destruction in demise. I know it's not popular, but it stirs my soul. There's not going to be people sit on the pew under my watch and be lost. Come on, not because I didn't say the right thing. Not because I didn't preach it straight. Come on, not because I didn't give the word of the Lord. And not because uh, I stepped back and let things go on. Because I was afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. You better be, uh, you, you need to understand this morning that it's not a personal thing. That God is no respecter of persons. But he is a principle. He's not going to bless you because of who you are. And he's not going to destroy you just because of who you are. But your actions will will ultimately dictate your destination and your choices will ultimately dictate where you end up. Eli, he didn't want to hurt his son's feelings. So he just stepped back and let it go. He was afraid because God said that, that he held him in higher regard than he did his law. God forbid that we would not preach it straight because we were afraid people would leave the church. God forbid that we would not say what God's wanting us to say because we're afraid that people will step away. Hey man, you honored your sons above me, he said. Amen. You honored your sons above my will and my plan. And because of that, there was a there was a curse that came on Eli and his sons that they could not get out from underneath of. Amen. Because Eli wasn't man enough to stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on. As for me and my house, we're going to do what's right. As for me and my house, we're going to seek the face of God. Come on. As for me and my house, it's not going to be ruled by Hollywood. It's not going to be ruled by the dress code of the world. It's not going to be ruled by the actions of the, of the actors and those that are prominent in society. But it's going to be ruled by the word of God. Are there any men in this house that will stand and say, my family's going to be led by the word of God. My family's going to be protected by God's word. Because Eli would not do what he was necessary for him to do. 
his family was judged. Man, there was no open vision. There was no open revelation. Growing in God is growing in a revelation of who He is. Some of us have never had a revelation for ourselves because we haven't got past the obedience factor. We're always running somewhere for somebody can tell us what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go, how we're supposed to live. Amen. When God's trying to deal with us on a personal level. And he's trying to give us a word for ourselves. Somebody say amen. In the book of Jeremiah, I want you to put it on the board. Jeremiah 14, 13 and 14. Jeremiah 14, 13 and 14. <laughs> Jeremiah 14, 13 and 14. If you, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I want you to, I want you to turn there. I'm going to slow down here for a minute. Then said I, oh, Lord God, the prophets say unto them, ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. Neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and a thing of naught and deceit of their heart. Amen. There was a, uh, the people of Israel, God was bringing judgment upon them. God had already prophesied by the mouth of Jeremiah that, that judgment was coming to his people. Amen. They had, they had worshipped idols. They had sacrificed to idols. That They have allowed things abominations, the Bible says, in the house of God. They were doing abominations, which are things that God hates, that are strictly forbidden in the word of God. But they ignored the plan and the word of God and they worshiped God the way that they wanted to worship him not the way that he asked them to worship him and judgment was coming amen upon the people of God and there was prophets that stood up and resisted the judgment and they said the sword is not going to come there's not going to be any famine amen there's just going to be peace for you amen it's just going to be good things for you come on it's just going to be peace in this place it's never going to be judgment it's 
never going to be the sword. It's never going to be anything evil. Come on. It's just going to be peace. And Jeremiah went to the Lord and he told the Lord, Lord, this is what they're saying. They're saying that what you told me was wrong, that you're just going to bring good things, that you're not bringing the sword and that you're just going to bring peace. And he said, those prophets did not hear from me. I did not speak to them. I didn't speak to them. They're prophesying out of their own hearts. They're speaking out of what they want and the deceit of their own hearts. But I'm going to tell you, the prophetic that comes forth out of the deceit of a man of God's heart is never going to come to pass. In fact, the opposite will happen. I want to tell you today, they might be prophesying peace. They might be telling you that you can live any way you want to live. You go down the street and a preacher will tell you that you can commit sin and you can still be saved. That they sin every day. But I come to draw a line this morning. I come to preach the word and the vision of the Lord. If you sin, it's going to kill you. Amen. I don't know about anybody in this building. I don't want a preacher to stand up and sugarcoat it and tell me I'm okay when I'm not. I don't want a preacher to stand up and preach the mercy of God when I'm living in sin, knowingly contrary to God's word. But I want them to stand up and declare the word of the Lord and say, if you don't obey, God's going to intervene. If you don't obey, you better get it right. Amen. Amen. We need to have we need to have some reverence in the house of God, some fear. How many want fear of the Lord? Fear of his word. Fear of displeasing him. Amen. In Jeremiah's day, judgment was coming. And the prophets were saying it wasn't. In Jeremiah's day, the hand of the Lord was going to come against the people of God because of the way they were living. And the prophets were saying that it wasn't. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know that in our day, the same thing's happening? Amen. You ever hear of the feel-good preachers? Amen. They never preach anything negative. They never talk about hell. They never talk about judgment. They never talk about uh, the, the, the coming of the end, that the end is coming. And there is a place we're either going to spend eternity in heaven or we're going to spend it in hell. Come on. There is a line being drawn. You're either going to serve God or you're not going to serve God. You're either going to do it His way or you're not going to do it at all. We can't serve God the way we want to serve Him. we got to give Him what He's asking for. was by himself read it they call him the weeping prophet and I asked the Lord one time why he cried so much <laughs> because he didn't want to see the people of God be hurt come on he didn't want to see them he didn't want to see them be destroyed he, he didn't want to see Israel be destroyed he didn't want to see the temple ransacked come on he didn't want to see everything that God had bit, built be destroyed he didn't want to see the people hurt he cared about the people he cared about Israel he cared about the church he interceded for them he, he, he fasted for days he prayed for them that the judgment of God would not come amen but God told him he said I cannot give in to your prayer 
prayer because they will not hear my voice. They will not hear my voice and turn. And so Jeremiah stood between a, a church that would not change and a God that was destined to bring judgment upon them. And, and, and God would not change his mind because the hearts of the people would not turn. But I want to tell you today that God is merciful to them who turn. God is merciful to them who fall down before him and repent. God is merciful to them who ask him for forgiveness and forbearance. God, I haven't lived right up until this point, but from here forward, I'm going to change my life. I fall on your on my knees and I ask for forgiveness and God will never refuse a broken and a contrite spirit. Ever. But if we refuse to change the law, somebody say the law, the law will fall upon us. Jeremiah 23, 16. Can you put it on the board? Jeremiah 23 and 16. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart. And not out of the mouth of the Lord. What does a vision of our own heart look like? What is a vision or a revelation out of your own heart? You know that you can look at the Word of God and you can make it mean what you want it to mean. That's why the Bible says that it's not left unto private interpretation. That I can't interpret that the Scripture based on what I want it to say. Or I can't turn it to fit my situation where it's going to profit me. Come on. Amen. What does, a, what does a vision out of our own heart look like? Have you ever asked yourself that? What does it mean when somebody's speaking a revelation out of their own heart? Amen. It's, it's, it's something that they want to be true. It's something that they want to believe. Now, I believe that there, there are people that can preach visions out of their own heart when they can do that with a sincere heart. I do. I believe that, that they can want for you what's, what's best for you. Amen. They can want for somebody what's best for somebody. And they can prophesy to them out of, out of the, what they desire for them. Amen. They can prophesy to them out of their, I don't want them to be hurt. Therefore, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to prophesy hurt. I'm going to prophesy good. Amen. I don't want them to be judged. Therefore, I'm going to prophesy that they're not going to be judged. I'm going to prophesy good. I want them to be healed, and I'm going to prophesy that they're going to be healed. I don't want, I want them to be rich and I want them to be increased with goods. And so I'm going to prophesy that they're going to have money and they're going to have all kinds of stuff. Come on. How many know that if it's something that I desire within myself and I prophesy that to somebody else, that I am prophesying out of my own heart. The problem with that is, is that a man of God or a priest of God that stands behind a pulpit and preaches, he's preaching as the voice and the oracle of God. The problem 
problem with that is uh, that if it didn't come from God, it should not be spoken as if it did come from God. Or if it didn't come from God, it should not, it should be made clear that this is not coming from God. I want the best for you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be healed. I want you to have all the good treasure of the kingdom of God. But I can't say God told me that. We gotta get, we gotta make it clear today in this hour when God is speaking and when God's not speaking. Because I want to tell you today, if God didn't say it, it's not going to come to pass. And I don't care what we do to try to make people feel good about their situation. If it's not coming from the Lord, it will not help. Amen. It's dangerous. I want you to hear me. Because there are some of us that are, that are on the edge. Turn the live stream off. Can you do that? Just turn it off. We're standing on the edge. Between right and wrong. Between being saved and being lost. Amen. And, and, and we got all kinds of voices that are speaking to us. Come on. I want to tell you, every voice is not from God. And the devil will send a voice to confirm what he wants you to believe. Just like God will send a voice to confirm the word of God for your life like he wants you to believe. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's why if there's not an undying affection for God and a desire to do his will and you're still on the fence of whether or not you want to serve him. I've never heard of anybody falling into the church. They always fall out of the church. Come on, if you're standing on the edge, the devil's going to send you a word that's going to confirm what you want to hear and you're going to believe it and you're going to be lost. There's got to be something in us that wants to hear the undying word of God. There's something in us. There's got to be something in us that wants to know right from wrong. Hey man, there's some of us, we are one word away. One word of way of stepping out of the church. One word away. Come on. Hey, man, you can turn on the television. You can turn on the TBN. You can turn it on, man. There's, there's all kinds of voices on there. Hey, man, there's all kinds of... All kinds of doctrines being spewed over the airways. Come on, there are all kinds of spirits saying anything that they want to say and everything that they want to believe and everything that they want to be true and everything that, 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 they, that, that they want to be the truth. Come on, uh, they, they can say whatever they want to say, but if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not true. Come on, if it doesn't line up with the law of God, if it doesn't line up with self-sacrifice, if it doesn't line up with dying out the self, if it doesn't line up with the cross, come on, if it doesn't line up, with my flesh dying and what I want dying and where I want to go dying and what I want to be within myself dying if it doesn't line up with the cross and me carrying my cross then it's not true come on because God's not going to bless what's not his
Somebody say amen. The book of Deuteronomy. He takes the people out to the valley of Shechem. He put half the people on Mount Gerizim and half the people on Mount Ebal. And he, he turned to Mount Ebal. Let's start with Mount Gerizim. Mount Gerizim was the Mount of Blessing. It was the Mount flourishing with life. He put half the tribes on Mount Gerizim. And he turned to them, the people, and he said, If you hearken to the voice of the Lord. Somebody say if. If denotes a choice. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And do all that I have commanded in the law. Come on somebody. This is what your life's going to be. You're going to be flourishing with life. Amen. Mount Gerizim was flowing with, with, with water, with, with, lives, with, with life, with fruit, with, with, with animals. Uh, it, was, it was flourishing with life. This is what your life's going to be if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. Somebody say if. But if you don't, and he turned to Mount Ebal. Mount Ebal was desolate. Mount Ebal was rocky. Mount Ebal had no life. It had no water. It had nothing of substance on it. Amen. It wasn't a place where you could build a house. Somebody say amen. It was, it was, it was desert-like and rocky. How many ever seen mountains like that? Land like that. Couldn't grow anything if you wanted to. Amen. You're, uh, it, this is what your life's going to be. It's going to be filled with cursing. Amen. And so he said, I place before you today a choice between life and death. And you read it, between blessing and cursing. Come on. Amen. Between, between the hand of the Lord on your life and the hand of the Lord not on your life. Between good and evil. I place you in a place between those two. And I say unto you today, choose whom you will serve. Come on. Choose today whom you will serve. Make a decision today of what your life is going to consist of. Because you know what's right and you know what's wrong. You know where to go and where not to go. You know what to do and what not to do. But you consistently choose the evil. And I'm going to tell you today, if you choose the evil and you consistently choose it, that's what your life's going to be like. It's going to be a life of cursing. It's going to be a life of hardship. It's going to be a life of pain and ultimately death. And if there's anybody that preaches to you any other gospel, they're lying to you. Amen. They're lying to you. I mean, no, we have to make the choice. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Amen. You can't sit on the church pew with the life of God on the inside of you and consistently choose sin.
can't do it. Amen. How many know you can't do it? Amen. There's got to come a time where you draw the line for your own life. Amen. You draw the line and you say, from this day forward, I'm, I'm going to turn my back on all that has cursed me, all that has condemned me, all that my conscience will not let me by with, all that the Spirit of God convicts me of. I'm going to turn my back on it and I'm going to reach for the Lord. I'm going to reach for the good. I'm going to reach for the blessing of God. I'm going to reach for the law of God. I'm going to reach for the purpose of God. And I'm going to tell you today, if you have that mindset that you will break forth with revelation from the Lord. There will be a further revelation for your life. If you're, if you're going to reach for the Lord with all of your heart, God's got more for you. He's got more for you. Amen. Stand with me all around the building. I realized this morning that this is hard to hear. I do. I realize that the convicting power of the Lord is very uncomfortable. And I'm mindful of that. I spent the last week weeping before the Lord. Asking the Lord for deliverance, asking Him. Asking Him for change. Asking Him for calling your names out on an individual basis and asking Him for change. Lord, And I feel like the Lord spoke to me and said, I can only do what I'm allowed to do. I'm bound by my word. I'm bound by my word. You know, the Word of God trumps every other word. It trumps it. The Word of God even trumps the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I have honored my Word above my own name. And we can pray in the name of Jesus till we're blue in the face. But if there hasn't been obedience to his word, God cannot do what we're asking him to do. You know, the first thing that I ask somebody that's having financial problems, you know, the first thing I ask them, are you paying your tithes? No? Well, I can't do anything for you. 
That's not commanded by me. I pay my tithes. Amen. If I want the blessing of the Lord financially upon my life, I'm faithful in my giving. Because he said, will a man rob God? Right? That's not your money. That's God's money. Come on. And we're praying for a, a, the, the, the windows of heaven to open. He said, you give to me and you give me the tithes and offerings and prove me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. But a choice has to be made. You're, some of us are, are praying for a spouse or praying for somebody to spend our life with, but then we're living on, in sin and, and, we're, and we're giving our bodies to things that we shouldn't be giving our bodies to. And we think that God's going to prepare us a husband and set aside a part husband or wife for us and we're not living right. What? I had my, my brother tell me one time, I, I've been praying for a wife. I said, are you worthy of a wife that God will give you? too hard come on uh, uh, do you think God's going to take a gem and give it to you and you're going to treat it like garbage come on somebody amen uh, if we want the blessing of the Lord upon our lives we got to live according to God's word amen and I tell you this morning if you honor God's word God will honor you with his word and by his word I'm not going to stand and tell somebody, give somebody a word from the Lord. You can go a lot of places and get a word from the Lord. How I many know that's true? You can, you can get a word. I'm not going to say it's going to be from the Lord. You can go to some places, they'll teach you how to prophesy. Amen. They'll teach you how to prophesy. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll do everything they can to... To, to, to try to make your, you think you're okay when you're not okay. Amen. But if you're not obedient to God's word, you're not walking in God's blessing. Amen. Because the, the blessing of the Lord is set apart for those that are obedient to his word. Somebody say amen. And if you're walking contrary to the law of God, the thing that's set aside for us that are walking contrary to it is what? It's punishment. It's punishment and judgment. Amen. It's not any different just because you call the anchor church your home church. Come on. It doesn't, it, it doesn't take it away because you go to church twice a week or three times a week. It doesn't take it away because you, you, you maybe read your Bible every day of the week. Amen. If there's not an undivided devotion to follow and to put the Word of God to practice in your life, it will not help you. Somebody say amen. Is this okay this morning? I don't know about anybody else in the building. But I want to be obedient to His Word. Somebody say amen. 
Lamentations 2 and 9. Her gates are sunk into the ground. This is Lamentations 2 and 9. Is, is Jeremiah talking about the destruction that he saw coming to Jerusalem. Okay? If you read the prior scriptures, it talks about all that happened to the walls of the city. And everything that was destroyed, he talks about it in detail, the vision that he saw. In verse 2-9, he says, Her gates are sunk into the ground. He hath destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes were among the Gentiles. The law is no more. Somebody say, the law is no more. And her prophets also find no vision from the Lord. Amen. No revelation from the Lord. A revelation is used to bring you out. To cover you. To protect you. A revelation opens your eyes to what's right and wrong. A revelation opens your eyes to what, what is valuable in God's eyes. A revelation opens your eyes to who He is and what He can do in your life. But without an adherence to the law, there's only destruction. Come on. Without an adherence to the law of God, there's only destruction and demise. And there will be no open vision. I don't know about anybody else in this building but I'm going to be obedient. Come on. I want the word of God to speak into my life. I want a new and fresh revelation of what I need to do. What I need to do to be pleasing in his eyes. What I need to do to be set apart. Come on. What I need to do to draw just one step closer to his plan and his purpose for my life. He saw a vision of all that was destroyed. The law is no more. And even though they're looking, he goes on to say, they're looking for a vision. They're trying to find a vision, but none can be found. Amen. All these things are happening around them, and they're trying to find a word. They're trying to find a vision. They're trying to find a revelation because they understand that it's the revelation of God that pulls us forth, that pulls us out, that lifts us up. Amen. But without an adherence to the law of God, and a love for the law of God. There's no open vision. Mm. Why don't we come to the front, everybody in the building? Why don't we just step out of our seat, come to the front, lift our hands to the Lord, and just begin to pray. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.